Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. 109. That is the episode number. Joe Biden's mask has slipped beneath his nose, beneath his chin, revealing a toothbrush mustache. How do we go from there will be no vaccine mandates? How, how do we go from uh, Jen Psaki saying, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. Nancy Pelosi is like, a, it's a private issue. Don't worry. About it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Jacob. What are you worried about? It's what are you worried about? It's not going to happen. They're not going to do this. How, how do we go from saving the soul of the country? We're going to do things by bipartisan measures, right? We're going to get with Congress and the Senate and, and the White House and, and the thing to do the thing, you know, laws and stuff. Yeah. To how do we go from that to I am the Senate? You know, I, I, we went we went from, we, you know, this is a, this is a representative democracy to we are the Borg. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. How do we go from that to this to where we're at now? How did that happen? You know what it was, Jacob? Because I wasn't here for two weeks. That's, that's what that's it was. Exactly why he... That's why that's why all this the peripheral crap is hitting the, uh, you know, peripheral fan. As as the um, the people say, but yeah. So you covered this on the, uh, <clears throat> the Friday show, the Friday show, the big the big the big Friday show. Yeah, we had a lot of, we had lots of fun, lots of fun. I I uh, I, I watched. Uh, I listened. No, I didn't watch. I, I listened to, to watch. Unless you just watch your phone and watch the little bar go across. Yeah, your phone. I like, I like to watch. I like to watch it the seconds go by because it because usually it just drags on forever. Um, but anyway, now you covered this on the Friday show, which yeah. I listened to. You did a fantastical job. But there's one thing. I, there's one thing I think you missed. What? Okay. And no, okay. no, no, and this is the this is probably the best outcome of this whole scenario with the vaccine mandate. And um, just a little bit information on that. You know who's exempt from getting the the, the vaccine? Yeah, I saw that afterwards. Congress. Yeah, Congress. Well, conveniently, most of them are already vaccinated. Anyway, it's like ninety nine percent. But imagine I, them that imagine them like not having to be though. Right, but from what I understand, the postal service is also exempt from the vaccine mandate, and it's like, well, probably because they would quit if they had to get it. Well, here's the thing: Congress has over a hundred people. There's a hundred exactly. But they're not really necessarily. They're not. It's not really employment. So there was a funny meme I saw. And it was a picture of Abraham and Isaac, and then it says the boss picking out, <laughs> picking out the hundredth employee to be sac- oh, sacrificed dear. to be under ninety nine. Oh no! <laughs> it was like he was like owner owner with a hundred employees now becoming ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! I saw that over the weekend. That was but, pretty good. So yeah, so you kind of went through all the nonsense with the vaccine mandate and whatnot. How it's you know it's no longer you know uh, something that you have to do with your doctor. Something that you discuss between the two of you. It's now oh you have to get it or else you can't work. Which is kind of like declaring war on the American workforce. Even though there is a record number of unfilled positions in the country right now, there's something like ten million and a, ten and a half million uh, jobs that are unfilled, 
and you're going to risk putting more people, more positions unfilled because of that, and the economy is just going to go, you know, in the, uh, it's going to hit the fan too with the economy because some people might resist that. So that doesn't doesn't seem like a great idea as as an economical standpoint. Um, the whole uh, thing that I think you missed, and this is kind of the best part about the whole vaccine mandate, is that it could potentially force states to leave the union. That's what I talked about. You did? Okay, you mentioned that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, no, like that was the that was the challenge for a lot of the GOP governors as um, if they really want to follow through with this and they really want to stick to their guns. Um, I, when I talk about GOP governors, I really mean like the ones who are more um, – I wouldn't say popular, but the the ones who have been on the forefront. Of, well, okay, we're talking about we're, we're talking about Ron DeSantis here. Yeah, Ron DeSantis, Christy Nome, Greg Abbott, George, um, when, Brian when, Kemp. Those when those Biden are said that we're gonna get we're gonna get them out of the way, he's really talking about DeSantis because the the one who's gonna make the biggest splash out of out of anyone potentially is gonna be DeSantis. Um, Kemp and others are still a little squishy on the whole thing. Uh, I don't know if they're willing to take a firm stand on literally anything. But the best part about this, and some people on the right are a little hesitant. Some people on the right, well, this is a bad idea, whatever. Um, I think it's a great thing because I think I think the country's too big as it is. I think it's potentially great that if Biden sends in the feds, if he sends in troops or whatever. Now, just think about the optics of this. Biden sending in the military to administer vaccines or, uh, you know, he's, they're going to put people, they're going to put these troops in front of, you know, clinics and whatnot to make sure people aren't stopping it. Um, that looks really, really bad. And you can't tell me that it's not a mandate at that point. You can't tell me that it's not forced at that point. Because if you're not allowed to work because you don't have a, you haven't undergone a medical procedure, it is a mandate. And the whole idea, well, you can, get, you can get tested weekly. Does anybody know how long it takes to get tested? It takes hours to get tested. Well, they're saying that they were going to have to issue out a way for, like, companies to to, to give these tests out. But still, but even But even there, are, is... It's extremely inconvenient. Well, is the Department of Labor in OSHA going to be asking for the vaccination status of, of every, every single employee? And if they don't want to do that, they're going to be asking weekly for the negative test results and as i've stated in the past episode that um forging a negative test for coronavirus is pretty simple um i did it in about 15 minutes so i have all of my concert passes ready to go for all the concerts allegedly. going to um allegedly I'm, I'm not this is all hyperbolic this is all satire i'm not actually wait, we're, wait. we're not actually this is this is this is a comedy show so what I'll, everything that we're saying in this show is not to be taken taken seriously, but um, yeah. So I, I I don't know what what the logistics of all that's going to be. Um, furthering what you said, um, Twitter has been um, all up in arms all about this. I try to give the when little, is it not? Well, I know that's why I got <laughs> off of it. it. It's it's a dumpster fire, but um, there are people out there who who. The last part of the problem episode um, on Friday, Dave Smith and uh, Robbie talked about that a good maj- there is a there is a sound number of people in this country who would have no problem if unvaccinated people weren't allowed to leave their homes, if they weren't allowed to go buy groceries, if they weren't allowed to work, go to a sporting event, go to school, they'd have no issue with that. Yeah. In fact, they would actually support that. 
Um, and that is clear as day if you go visit the the wonderful dumpster fire of Twitter. I saw dozens, dozens of people who said that if you can't go and get this medical procedure, then you shouldn't be allowed to be a part of society. And then whenever someone says, well, it's a mandate, it's unconstitutional, they said, no, it's a choice. No, it's not. Okay, okay, let's just say, let's just say it's a choice. Right. Either you take this shot or you're no longer allowed to provide for your family, go buy food for your family, or or leave your home. This is not much of a choice at this point. This no. is pure coercion. Well, okay, they say, well, you have the op- – some people were saying, well, you have the option to do the testing. Right. But testing is very inconvenient to do that every week and to produce a negative test uh, to your employer well, so, they don't, people, so, so they don't get fined. Well and, some, so, well, and some people are getting these false positives. Right. So, again, extremely inconvenient. So if you want to maintain your plum, you have to get vaccinated. It is a mandate whether you like it or not. To quote Mrs. Doubtfire, this is not a way of life. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's not a way of life. You think I like wearing this stuff? Do you like, like wearing all this? <laughs> no, no. <coughs> you don't like wearing that stuff, Dad. Do you? No, of course not. It's not so bad. Uh, where, where were we going? Oh, yeah. So the whole, the whole breaking apart thing. Some people are saying... Uh, I think Tim Pool was saying this and others that you know, this is puts us on the road to some kind of conflict, armed conflict. You're seeing this in Portland and other places um, of armed, armed conflict between the left and right. And I'm like, this could all be avoided in some way. Is that, you know, if the people of Texas or Georgia or South Dakota or whatever, if they don't want to abide by the same rules as the other states, then go. Leave. Bye. See ya. Hello. Go- goodbye. Because what's going to happen is, because if a state like Florida, which has a great economy, there's a great tourism, uh, even in states like Georgia that is very big with the movie industry because of low taxes, if these states secede and there's no federal tax, uh, income tax, whatever, plus they don't have all this medical nonsense with COVID, this becomes a great place to live and do business, right? It's a very attractive thing that could happen, and I hope it does happen because what's the what, what do we gain? What, what does Georgia or Texas gain by having Oregon as its, you know, brother, I guess, if you will, or sister? Nothing. We don't gain anything from that. What does Florida and Maine have in common? Nothing. They're two completely different places with completely different people. So breaking up is the logical conclusion. Well, as, well, as what I said, um, so what did they gain? But also, you cannot um, look, and this is what Michael Malice has always said when it comes to secession. There's a great video, maybe I'll, but if I remember correctly, I will link it down where he was on um, Lex Friedman's show talking about this idea. Um, and you, you cannot look at a city like Portland or San Francisco or New York and then look at a city um, – just like the city we live in Amarillo, or, Texas. or any rural city and say that they have anything in common or that they should be forced to share a home together. This house of federal government that we have. Um, there's no reason that these cultures, that these people, that these ideologies that, they, that are shared in these cities should ever be forced together. Um, that's fine. If Portland wants to do what Portland wants to do, cool. I don't care. Um, but should Portland have, 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 have any influence over what Tampa, Florida does, or should Tampa, Florida have any influence over what Portland does? Absolutely. Not. Um, no, absolutely not. So 
so there's no reason like like what I compared um in the last episode is as I said right now all of the states are in a really really bad marriage we're in a really bad relationship and the abusive abusive relation exactly um and the way you get out of this is is a divorce peaceful di- Break it up. peaceful divorce is the, is the way out of this um <laughs> and I think more and more people are waking up to it um if the federal government were to d- d- overnight be gone um very little changes in the standpoint of like your everyday life um the the federal government has has a small your state's government and your local governments have way more influence over your everyday lives than the federal government which is also why i think that if we have a governor let's just say brian kemp just comes out and says that we are not going to recognize this 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 vaccine law if they ever were to do a federal passport system um state of georgia is not going to recognize that and if you were to um, come in and try to enforce that um, local PD, the National Guard, which Brian Kemp has control over over, over the Georgia National Guard. Um, we're not going to comply with this, and we're going to actively resist you. You are not welcome in the state of Georgia. There, there are not enough federal agents to effectively administer the uh, the um, enforcement of certain things. That's what I'm saying. So, right. if they it's were like, to do that. Um, then the whole thing collapses. Yes, yeah. it's it, like it all stops. It's like if if twenty states decided that they were going to nullify all federal gun control, there are not enough AT, ATF agents around to do anything about it. Um, I saw something. I don't know if it was Biden that said this or, or people on the Tweety or whatever were saying this that you know if you don't get vaccinated, we'll restrict interstate travel. And it's like you have no, you have no rights. No, there is there is nothing in the Constitution. There's nothing. Anywhere written down that says you could take someone's right to travel from one state to the next. There's nothing that says they can do that. Um, there's also nothing to state that that even if they could restrict travel based on that, there's nowhere given the, the expressed rights of the federal government, which are expressed. They they have to there has to it has to be in the Constitution for them to have those right. rights to say that you're not allowed to travel on an airplane or on a train or you're not able to plane to, trains and automobiles or you're not able to work at a company. Based solely upon you have undergone a medical procedure, there 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 is no expressed and there is no implied powers given to the federal government to to do this. But here's but here's the thing that they always use. The president always uses. Well, I have an obligation to protect the American people, which is something I wholly reject completely out of hand because that has been so abused and there's nothing in the constitution anywhere that says the president has an obligation to protect anybody. Doesn't doesn't exist. Well, I don't want your protection. Doesn't exist. So they use this, you know, for foreign policy. They use this for domestic policy. You know, they're going to use it for the vaccine thing. The president has no obligation to protect anyone. That's not his job title. That's not in his job description. So if if you see someone saying, well, he has an obligation to protect people, no, no, I literally did. No, no, he doesn't. Um, furthermore. I literally did see somebody say that um, this falls under the general welfare clause. See, this is this is <laughs> this what... is to promote the general. Everyone should be. They literally said the vaccine passport system would 
basically force and mandate everybody to go and get this thing and that would protect the general welfare of the the people or it's the commerce clause because you know we can't have interstate commerce because people aren't vaccinated that might cause problems yeah we want to get your these the gallon of milk from this is this is what's so stupid about the constitution is that these things were so vaguely written that you can interpret them a thousand different ways because i could say well you know in order for the stuff to arrive at at its destination uh safely everyone must be armed there you go or you know the general welfare clause everyone must uh, everyone must be a yankees fan because that will further uh you know uh, social cohesion among the among the the, the peoples or or what i've said everyone needs to be given a thousand dollars immediately because that will promote the general welfare of of, of the united states yeah. and you can't the sit co- there and be like oh if, if, everybody, if everybody was a thousand dollars richer that wouldn't Promote the promote general, general welfare. welfare. Yeah. So it's a it, it's it's something that that probably in retrospect they would look back and be like, yeah, we didn't exactly botch that one. Botch that. Oh, botch. Oh, botch that one. <laughs> Charlie, get some trash to plug up the wound. <laughs> um. Now the 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 commoners that will re will, will come back at me. Well, Joe, if you do that, China's gonna invade. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. If, if if Texas decides to leave, I'm sure the Chinese are going to have a real grand time going into Texas and taking that taking that piece over. Um, no, China will not invade. China's got a, China has its own problems uh, to deal with, mainly the fact that they have a, a terrible economy and a vastly aging uh, population that is not fit to uh, for the modern world. Did you know that here shortly, uh, four Chinese households will be paying the retirement uh, benefits for one person in China here very shortly because of the China One policy. There is a interesting thing going on with China, um, not to derail the conversation or anything, but China is really pushing for um, this next generation as far as the government's control over internet and censorship, um, really pushing for strong gender roles and um, creating very masculine um, men and very feminine women. Do you know why that is? Well, it's because it's because of the reasons why you just said. Yeah, the said. birth rate has completely the rate has fallen stopped. off a cliff. But it is interesting to see on how one how how one nation is really focusing on the youth and they're celebrating um, academics and athletics and, and things that matter. Um, and they're they're limiting their ability to like play play um, so video games yeah, they or, limit the hours. or they're not able to use apps like TikTok and all these other um, things that are distractions and that are in some ways you could argue a net negative on someone becoming a a adult or becoming um, pr- productive or successful. Whereas here in the United States, and I, I'm I'm not saying that like I, I endorse that because I guess I don't. Maybe the TikTok thing, but, yeah. But I'm I'm joking. I, I don't endorse that action as far as um, censorship via a centralized government or centralized power. But it is interesting to see how one nation is completely um, looking after the generation and trying to create that, trying to create. And the same thing in uh, Russia is doing something very similar. Whereas here in the United States, it's, it's the complete opposite. Um, degeneracy and, and, and the culture is completely. Um, acceptable. And in fact, it's praised. 
Um, and if you have any issue with the with 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 like some type of like I think I watched um I was scrolling through Twitter and I think what's his name Little Nas or like the X, rapper whatever, yeah. little whatever um had this performance at at, at the VMAs and it, it was was it him being sodomized by the devil? <sighs> it was a little uh, it Graphic? was just degenerate. Yeah. Um, just completely – and it wasn't from the standpoint of like – I understand that there's that difference between shocking and art and how sometimes art needs to be shocking. It needs to raise eyebrows and, and you know, so drop some jaws to whenever you see it. But not for the sake of, of being de- degenerate just for that. Well, okay? Because well, an example is like when Kiss came out. Yes. There's a difference between Kiss and Cardi B's WAP. Yes. Okay? Kiss was – was avant-garde and, and they and, and they pushed the limits because 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 they were kind of scary looking but they weren't being like completely like kiss now which is crazy kiss and like elvis presley are conservative yeah um whenever compared to what what to what art is now there's a difference between the well because they used, they used to call kiss uh, knights in service of satan well, yeah. It, it, you look at it now, you, you listen to Kiss, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is just good it's rock just, and roll. It's just good, like, poppy rock and you know, roll. simple rock and um, roll. Of the 70s. But, like, there's a difference between the onstage antics of a guy like a David Lee Roth or a Mick Jagger and what you see on stage now. Like, yes, David Lee Roth was, was wild and crazy. He was doing all these crazy antics. And, and so was um, 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 Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury and Elvis Presley at their times. But you look at it now. There's a complete difference between, um, like Elvis wasn't dancing to be as degenerate and as horrifying as possible. He was doing it to to express himself in in a way to and attract the so culture, much attention. And the culture was not quite ready for that yet. But he didn't go out there and say, "Oh, well, I'm just going to make everybody shocked just because I'm going to shock everybody." Yes. Um, the, the, there's, a, there's a difference between avant-garde and, and pushing the limits of art and just being degenerate and being as, as, as horrible a, as, as possible just to get attention. Well, there is a complete difference. If you, I, think it, I, I think if we're talking about the same incident with Little Nas, whatever, at that particular music video that he did, it's like, did anybody take a step back and think, is this really okay? Is this... Because you know who's going to be watching this is like 10 and 12-year-olds. Because that, that's the kind of music that kids listen to. Well, that's the age of kids listen to this kind of music. It's like, is this really sending the right message? But of course, nobody asks that question because nobody ever thinks to ask that question anymore. It's like, is this really okay for 12-year-olds to see this? I would say no. But to get to your larger point about China and how they're focusing on certain po- portions of populations, because the China One policy killed that country because the the policy ended in 2016, I think, and it was you were only allowed to have one kid. Well, that created a huge problem for the birth rate and for the population to grow. Uh, and the thing that the conservatives and right-wingers will tell you is that, well, you know, somehow China operates under some kind of new math because they figured out how to make a, a controlled economy and a controlled country work, even though they'll tell you it doesn't. And they'll say, "Oh, their politicians are looking out for the future. They're 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 planning ahead. They're forward thinkers. Like, yeah, y- yeah. Nowhere else will they say politicians do those sorts of things. Only in China. It's like, huh? Somehow they're operating on, under some some kind of new kind of math. So, my question is: Here, they institute a policy to control the population, and it's and it's backfired uh, terribly." 
because now they're having to push all these types of things where they're encouraging people to have more kids because, like I said, um, they've got a huge problem with the demographics. And it's like, yeah, this isn't something necessary to fear because if all of you have said that, you know, well, socialism, communism doesn't work and, poli and you know, politicians are politician no matter what and they can't fix anything, then what are you scared of? Nothing. Nothing to be scared of. Um, and they're, so they're, not, did, they're not going to invade the United States. It's so not going to happen. So what did Scott and Horton say on the Tim Pool show? He's just like, what? What, so China's going to invade us with more cheap televisions or something yeah. like that? Um, that, like... There's, there's 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 conservatives that that I know that are that are that are deeply worried about China's rising power and to and to a certain degree I can understand where they're coming from, um, but they're worried about the fact the, they're worried about a future where we'll be speaking Chinese or that Xi Jinping is just gonna just one day roll up here and take over the White House. It's not um, going to happen. Which is never gonna happen. Just a simple a, a, a simple fact that. Um, the United States is never going to be just one day, just like Red Dawn, where you're going to start seeing just like paratroopers just dropping over New over New York City they, and they, Miami. They quite literally think that Xi Jinping is going to land his helicopter in the eclipse in front of the White House and just waltz right up to the factory and take over. It's not going to happen because the, the world's largest nuclear power as far as warheads is not going to let that happen. And China's got nukes, too. And this whole thing about Taiwan, this is completely off topic, but the whole thing about Taiwan and um, China invading it, it's like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. Because if China invades Taiwan, then that drags in basically the rest of the, the Western world. And they do business with the Western world, and they need people to buy their crap. So, so you, what's the number one rule of business? Don't piss off the customer, right? <laughs> yeah, they invade Taiwan. That happens anyway. Well, 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 that and then the other argument is okay. Well, they're going to own us, right? Right. It's monetarily. China does um, own a good substantial um, amount of U.S. treasuries. But you know who this also does true. too? J Japan. Yes, Japan does as well. But what, what I'm saying is that is that they want to collect the interest on those notes payments. Okay. Yeah. If they were to dump all of those treasuries at at one moment for let's just say the let's just say that the the trillions of dollars in in US treasury bonds are just dumped on the market instantly um that would destroy the US dollar instantly it, it it's gone there's no coming back from a US dollar why is that bad for China because if the US has no US dollars and they're worthless because you've just sold all these US treasury bonds um there's no one to buy your cheap crap yeah there's if you have a worthless dollar, no one's going to be there to buy your televisions and to buy your clothes and your shoes. No one's there to buy it. So then China's hurt. Yeah. So it, it's a yes, it is a terrible situation, and I would rather uh, China not own U.S. treasuries and just I would rather just not be issuing them out in general. But but they're not going to do that. And China needs a strong U.S. economy to make their economy thrive right. as well. Um. It, not it, until they become an ex. <laughs> not until their economy transitions into what we have, as we are a consumer um, debt-based economy, whereas there are, whereas they are an exporting, producing Produc yeah. production economy. Um, they're they don't function the way we do. They usually don't go out and take massive loans out for things they don't need. Oh yes, they do. I, not in the same context as what we do. All right. So if if, if, if the entire United States economy 
is based upon the ability to get loans and the ability to borrow money. So is China. I I understand that, but I'm you, saying you, that you, you hang on, hang on. You, if, if 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 the United States interest rates were 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 able to go where they are, the entire cards, entire house of cards falls instantly. Now, yes, that is true for for the entire world, but but. The fact the United States does, does not produce anything, we are not able to fall back on something else to do because most people don't actually make anything. They work in, in, in companies that that um, take in things, but they don't actually pr- go out and produce things. Okay, I get I get all that. But you think that the U.S. dollar is bad. Look at the Chinese you want. No, 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 no. It's I'm worse. Not, I'm not disagreeing. That's why they want U.S. dollars right. because U.S. dollars are so valuable. There was, there was a Chinese bond that was just taken out the market because it was so terrible because it, it just didn't work. So whatever financial problems you think we have, they have ten times worse. Because, oh no, no, because, absolutely. Because I, I know you, I know you agree, and we both agree on this. But for the people that are listening, is that they're they're. Uh, they they run on a hyper Keynesianism over there. You think what we have is bad over here? It's ten times worse over there. Um, now, how do we rope this back? And into- that's why they need our dollars yes. because the, the whole idea, if you believe in the whole like Peter Schiff model, is that is that one day they're gonna cash those dollars in and they're gonna want to be and the economy is gonna want to transition over into. The economy system that we sort of have now, where they're not, where they're not producing as much, they're consuming more, and they're going to use that with those U.S. dollars. Because, 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 whenever U.S. dollars are sent over to China, typically people like to hang on to them because they're very valuable as compared to the Chinese one. Right. Um, what was I? <laughs> speaking of degeneracy? Let's let's. Uh, I I don't have really anything else to say about the vaccine mandate. I've got uh two. I've got an article that I want to link to. Um, about this whole thing from the Mises editors that I think everyone should read because it's uh, fantastic. But I don't think I don't think there's really anything else to say about that. Yeah. Um. As far as as far as the the vaccine um, mandate, um, I it is going to be interesting to see how many people who, and I don't think I said this on the Friday show, but I think it'll be interesting to see how many people who a lot of the live and die or like the live free die free people. Um will be willing to quit their job. I, I know that there's a poll coming out that, that said that I think Tim Pool or someone referenced it that said that like 70% of people said that they would quit their job if they forced them to take it. I, I mean, I would much rather have, 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 have business owners, but at the same time though, after what happened last year, a lot of small business owners are just going to cave. I have a feeling, um, cause they're just surviving at this point. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, well then where do you draw the line? No. If you don't draw the line here as no. a business owner. I agree. I'm just saying yeah. best case scenario for this is governors. Um, and then it, and then it goes from, from there on down. So governors and then like mayors and all the way down to like local PD. If a sheriff says, I'm not going to go out and collect fines and I'm not going to answer calls from health departments or departments of labor, um, to go and arrest people. Um, that's, I I think that the scenario of best case just kind of goes down and down and down all the way down, down to, to the local level. Um, my hope, my hope and, and, and my optimistic white pilled self is just just to start seeing governors just say no like sue and try to get the whole law thrown out i i understand that but if that fails and i would i if i if i were a betting man i would bet that that goes away and i would hope that if it does fail that they say so we're done or they use that as a last resort 
and then they simply say that we're not going to comply. You can send your guys, but you know we're not going to let you guys in, yeah. and and we're not going to comply, and we're going to obstruct if you try to send federal employees in. The last eighteen months has really proved that a good governor is way better than a U.S. senator or a representative, yeah, uh, in the House, um, because the governor has so much more power and sway as to what can happen in a state. Speaking of laws and states and degeneracy and things like that, uh, I know this was a couple of weeks ago, or I guess about two weeks ago, I guess, uh, the whole Texas abortion thing. Oh, yeah. The Texas uh, abortion law. Um, <clears throat> I There's things that I like about it, and there's things that I really, really dislike about it. Um, I like the fact that it sets – they try tried to find – uh, because when, you t- when anyone talks about abortion, it's it's impossible to have, seemingly impossible to have, a reasonable discussion. You know, a reasonable discussion, Jacob. Reasonable discussion about about anything uh, about you know on this topic because everyone because because it, it really it gets down to okay, well, when does life begin? And no one has a clear cut. Well, I've always said that um, the abortion issue is an issue that I use for a perfect example for like secession and for decentralization. And so localization of um, power um, on the path to as far as no executive power um, as far as a government sense is because is abortion. Abortion is a perfect it's a perfect black and white um, issue. Um, you're either pro-life or you're pro-choice. There's not many people that are like, I don't know, man. I, I haven't made my mind up yet. Uh, you know, yeah. um, you're either on one side or the other. Now, some people switch and go back and forth, but usually people— There's no fence sitters. There's, they're, 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 if there are, they're, they're so small, and if they are fence sitters, they're like, well, I just don't really well, pro- think about well, it. Well, the problem much. with the fence sitter position is is that, well, you get attacked by either side for not buying into their, their, oh, exactly. their camp. Um, so the— uh, I the thing I'm not gonna go through the whole thing in every little detail of it, but there are certain things that I think are a really bad idea. The whole um, uh, they're gonna leave the enforcement up to people bringing lawsuits against their neighbor kind of deal. I think that's a really bad idea. Yeah, I don't like basically that. snitching out uh, your neighbor who you think may or may not have undergone a medical procedure that you disagree with. Um, it's kind of like you know. You know, if you worked for a company, you knew there were certain people that didn't get vaccinated. And you're, it's on the down low. It's kind of like that. Um, but the things that I do like about it, okay, the heartbeat. You're not allowed to have. You're not allowed to, per, you know, undergo an abortion if there's a heartbeat detectable. But there's no way in this bill for that actually to be proven, because can't they just turn the sound off on these ultrasound machines and things like that? Or they, or is everyone gonna be like, I didn't hear anything. Did you hear anything? Yeah. No, we didn't hear anything. So how are you actually gonna prove whether or not um, there was a heartbeat? <clears throat> that to me, again, that's a whole other issue. Then the issue comes up. Well, you know, don't you libertarians and ANCAPs hate when government gets involved in healthcare? Yeah, I do. I don't think it's a good idea. Do I think the government should be involved in whether or not you're allowed to murder a child? That's a whole different issue. And it's, it's like the, 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 they will claim my body, my choice, right? My body, my choice. I can do whatever I want with my body, which is certainly true to an extent. Being the one, being the one exception, abortion. But yet they will never make that. You notice how they haven't been making that argument with the vaccine? Well, yeah, no. Of course they haven't been making that argument. Because it's no longer my body, my choice. And the biggest thing I the, – the, the thing that troubles me the most about this whole conversation is that 
it has become so hyper-polarizing, so hyper-politicized, this whole debate has over pro-life, pro-choice, that you went, that the left went from um, safe, legal, and rare, meaning that, okay, the life of the mother is at stake, this is the option, here are the options, we're going to choose this one, or um, the, the child's not going to make it, you know, much long outside the, outside the mother, okay, maybe, those were the exceptions, it was not allowed, they would say, yeah, this isn't right, here are very s- small very rare exceptions that we are gonna, you know, be okay with. To where now, it's people make these TikTok videos about them going to the clinic and bringing out a bloody bag and throwing it in the McDonald's uh, trash can to where they're celebrating that they've had 20, 30, 50 abortions or they're going on TV or whatever and saying, oh, it's abortion day and they get the, the crowd to chant abortion. It's like, yeah, this isn't okay. How do we go from from there to here and it just furthers to show you that there is no reconciling between the two sides on this um but the whole question really comes down to is okay well when does life begin and there is a whole host of different theories that people have i would lean toward it's you know at conception but people will say well it's not a living being until it comes outside the mother and I, my simple question is then, okay, well, if it's halfway outside the mother, you cut it in half. Do you get charged with half a murder? Half uh, what? what's a one count of half murder yeah. or a half count of one murder, a first degree murder. Right. But if you were to go, if you were to, uh, if you were to, you know, drink too much and then go hit a, a pregnant woman in the car and kill her, you get charged with a double murder. So it's like, okay, well, which one is it? They say, well, you know, this this is this is the reason why I got off Twitter. Which, if you if you guys don't know, I'm off Twitter now. Officially, just like gone. Uh, it's it's gone. I um I I got on it the other day on my computer. And I was like, yeah, I'm just getting getting rid of this, because um, Yaron Brook, who runs the Ayn Rand or who who is involved with the Ayn Rand Institute, had tweeted out a quote from Ayn Rand about abortion, and she he had said that. You know, it was the woman's legal moral moral right or whatever to undergo an abortion. I'm like, you know, it's okay to admit when she was wrong on on an issue. And he and he he responded to me saying, yeah, when she is. And I'm like, you can't ending a life out of pure convenience or something that's outside of the child's control, whether it be rape or something like that, uh, is wrong. And people are like, well, life well life doesn't begin until the child is born, and not until it's a, a thinking being. It's like, yeah. But we, there is so much evidence pointing to the fact that child's dream when they're inside their mother. And it's like this whole debate. And like, no, you Ayn Rand people, you object, objectivists are wrong. No, how, how, can, you, how can you take the, the ideas of Ayn Rand about freedom and protection of life and stuff like that and say that doesn't apply until, you, until you've exited the mother? It's like, no, you have to protect life when it begins, not, when it, not, not at some magical date when it's a thinking being and how arrogant is it of you to say that we know for certain at this date at this time that that child has become a thinking being it's like you you can't know that there's no way you can know that and the whole idea well what about you know um down syndrome and things like that down syndrome sometimes is misdiagnosed a lot doctors do get things wrong sometimes i think it's is it nor that's not norway it's a Scandinavian country. I can't remember which one it is. 
that has compl- that says if the child is diagnosed with Down syndrome or th- or autism or something like that, no questions asked. Is it boarded immediately? And it's like, well, you, I think it's one in five are misdiagnosed with uh, that particular disease or condition. And it's like, well, could you have potentially aborted a perfectly you know capable human being? It's possible. It's certainly possible. So there's. The, the, when it comes to this debate, there are so many questions that people have because it's such a personal decision. And this is this is also what I love, is that the people will say that yeah, that thing growing inside of you is not a human. It's not. It's just a clump of cells. And the, the, but but at the same time they will say, well, we didn't take this decision lightly. It's like, well, if it's just a clump of cells, then what what does it matter? Well, it's not a human. I also hate to break it to you guys who use the clump of cells argument. Um, every living thing ever is just a mass clump of cells. Um, so, so yeah, everything is made up of cells. I know you guys learned this in biology, so you're not completely like retarded on this issue, but everybody is made of cells. Every living thing is made of cells. Um, the, the, from, from the smallest insect to the largest land, um, cre- or to the largest creatures of the ocean are just made up of cells. So uh, that argument doesn't fly with me just because, just because it's a, it's, it's a clump of cells. Yeah. Um, I, I understand it's a hy- hyper- hyperbolic, um, statement from them and it's meant to be hyperbolic. Um, it's, it's also meant to diminish the decision that they made. Um, I remember there's a, there's a documentary of an abortion doctor and, um, I believe they were asked whether or not they were actually um, executing or they were actually um, um, ending a life. Ending a life, and they said, "Well, no," and it's because they have to say that. Yeah, right. They they have to say that because if they say they're ending a life, then they're a murderer, and they they, they can't they can't admit that they're a murderer for uh, you know like for all for all for all, all of um, like television. You know what what I find hilarious? Not really hilarious, but sad is the fact that if we were to go to Mars and take up a scoop of the soil from Mars and we were to find the smallest, minute cell, they would all say we found life on Mars. But yet they will look at an ultrasound or whatever of a child that's two or three weeks old inside the mother and say, yeah, that's not a life. Well, that and, that and if you were to um, accidentally kill that bacteria or you know, single-cell organism on Mars. It's a devastating loss. You would have been devastated and you would have been thrown out because you would have maybe destroyed the chance to learn or about Or if you life. were to question and say, yeah, that's not really life because it's just a cell. There's no heartbeat. There's no heartbeat in that cell. It's... Well, I'm going to try that. <laughs> um, you that... Didn't... There's no heartbeat. That's not a cell. The, the, <laughs> that's the, not alive. The mental gymnastics of the whole debate over, well, if we find a cell in the in the – the the in the ice of Mars or whatever we'll call that life, but yet a child that's you know three or four weeks old, well, that's not technically a life because they're just so inconvenient, Joe. Yeah, you're and missing I... about my convenience. Where's my rights, Joe? Well, and the thing that and the people were like, well, what are what are people supposed to do? Not have you know, and it's like, well, you know, to not engage in those activities that lead to that. And it's it, and it's like, well. Maybe, um, maybe you have to be a little more of a of a responsible adult, um, and you cannot use abortion as a birth control because uh, there's much easier ways of doing that without going to the clinic and getting the thing sucked out of you. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know what else to say on that other than the issue that that they always that they always use, and just to address it, 
I think I said this on the show once before, but the issue of rape, right? They always, they will always say that, that, well, that's the, and I said, so I even hear this from some conservatives that, that maybe in that circumstance, um, it, it should be okay. Right. The, the yeah. victim of the rape. And my response is, why are we going to take, why are we going to commit another tragedy on top of a, an, a on top of one already exists, existing tragedy? Why does the child, why does a human being have to suffer because of a, of a horrible thing that, that happened? Um, I, I, I'm not diminishing the trauma. I'm not diminishing any of the tough decisions that, that have to therefore come of that. But why are we punishing someone who had who had no um, no say in that, who are innocent in all of that? Um, that's 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 my argument against it. And why are you gonna w- commit one more tragedy on top of on top of on, on, you know so one more? Yeah, I don't. And, never... and those cases are don't happen all that often, and especially the ones that like well the 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 safety and the health of the mother. That's extremely yeah, it's extremely like less than one percent. I don't remember how many abortions are conducted every year, but I know it's in the thousands. And like you cannot tell me that all of those cases are a result of rape or because the health of, mo- of the mother is at stake. You can't tell me that the thousands, the millions that have been aborted since Roe v. Wade, um, you can't tell me that all of those are a result of that scenario because it just that just isn't true. What they do is that they use the argument of, of, of the, the health of, of the mother or rape. They use these these drastic um, examples, these these hyperbolic examples that are that are extremely rare. I'm not saying they don't happen, but I'm saying the context of if you look at as Joe said, if you look at all abortions committed, um, I would argue that's less than one percent for 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 the, for the health of the mother is the ones that are actually. Um, is the reasoning why behind them and they 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 do that because if they can get you to 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 admit to that it's way easier to to keep going to oh well what if the mother's you know younger and they don't have a job and they have no way to to provide for this and then they can keep going and keep that's why they use the hyperbolic examples is because if they can get you to, to admit that and get you to cave on your principles and on your issues on that then it's way easier for them for them to, to continue on that that logical path i think it's something like three hundred thousand every year that are performed and you cannot tell me that every single one of those is the case of i would argue them. less than a hundred Less than a hundred, I would say, are actually yeah. due solely to the fact that if we don't do this, then the health of the mother um, is there. And on that, and and, and and my positioning on that issue, um, it is based on the doctor's judgment and on whether with the parents and were. and on whether the doctor says, "Hey, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose both, and I don't want to do that, so I'm going to save one." Yeah. Um. And I, again, that is so incredibly rare that i think that a policy is not necessary i think that is in the eyes of the of, of the doctor and in that situation and that needs to be done case by case well it's like the same thing with people have to decide if they're going to pull the plug or not on the vegetable it's like yeah you bring the family in the doctor will lay out all the options in the scenario and then the, let the family make a decision it should be the same thing with with the uh, the abortion um and the whole thing about how you know, men should not be making this decision. Which, okay, I can I can see your point with that because even some. But cons- I thought that men can get pregnant now. I uh, apparently we will, we will overlook that fact for now. 
um, because I think Little Nas X had announced that he was pregnant too. A man was pregnant, and these are the same people that will tell you that um, you know that life begins after birth. It's like these people are, are ridiculous. Follow the science, Joe. That's right. The science, uh, the, the 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 what is it? The scientific, um, uh, not not conclusion, but the scientific consensus will tell you. Anyway. Um, the, 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 all the, even some conservative women will tell you that you know the men should not be making making this decision, and it's like, well, it does take two to tango, and um, that the a child is just as much the mother's as as it is the father's. Um, so yes, men do get to have some, you know, a, they do get to have an opinion on this. Not they should be the only opinion, but that you know, they the the father is just as much responsible for that child as the mother is. Um, and children need fathers just as much as they need mothers. So um, just because, you know, it's it's a, the really trendy thing to say, you know, 90-year-old men should not be making this decision, which I can understand to to a degree, but uh, there is two sides. There's always two sides to a conversation about that. Um, moving on, as Cecil would say. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, do you know what happened just uh, two days ago, Jacob? Um, two days ago, I nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, eleven. Yeah. I, th- I I talked about that briefly on the show and and kind of gave my thoughts around it. Um, I'm going to remember to link a article that Edward Snowden put up. It was a excerpt of from from his book Permanent Record when he talked about whenever he was working at the NSA during nine eleven fascinating stuff just to hear his perspective as someone who was working in the intelligence community and seeing his perspective on everything that happened before and before during and afterwards of the event um because those who don't know um i'm not going to explain who edward Snowden is for the 700th time on this program but go check it out i'll link it below um definitely uh that that came across my feed um, yeah, you said I think that, to me. that yeah this I think this morning he posted it on his um Substack because he's writing on Substack now because I think that Glenn Greenwald got him on there, um, and he writes some good stuff on there so go check out his Substack as well. Yeah, uh, my computer has completely pooped out on me. I don't know why I can't search something. But anyway, so uh, yeah, nine eleven. Uh, I was too young to remember what happened, um, but I was talking with someone at, that I work with about it. And she was saying that, you know, our country has never been the same since. And I said, and I, I agreed with her, but I would say, and not for the better. And not because of the reasons people might think, because everyone was like, well, after 9-11, everyone came together. We all came together. Everyone had a flag out in front of their, on their front stoop or uh, on their porch step or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's all fine and well and good because that only lasts so long. But... The whole idea that we rallied around so-called first responders, we rallied around Bush and the White House and the Pentagon and the military, even though these people were responsible for what happens. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like allying with your captors, if you will. It's like these I'm playing both sides, Joe. See, well, yeah. So these people were responsible for what happened, and yet, and yet here we all are reelecting Bush and the Bush family, and even though that you know, Bush, Clinton, and, you know, Reagan, and uh, what's his name, Carter, all re- we're all responsible for this, and yet we're going to trust them uh, with this. So uh, there's a great article up on the on the Mises Institute by Ryan McMakin about how this whole, you know, scenario plays out. 
And he says, perhaps more than anything else, the rationale given for the necessary of the state and, and the necessis necessity of supporting the regime at any given time is that it keeps us safe, in big air quotes. Uh, this preeminates thinking about government institutions at all levels, from thin blue lines sloganeering at local levels all the way up to the jingoism surrounding the Pentagon. Presumably, the hundreds of billions of dollars extracted from taxpayers year after year after year is all um, but necessary and laudable because without it, chaos would reign in, on our streets. Ford invaders would slaughter Americans. And it's like, it's like that's, that's, the, that's the common thinking. It's like, well, without them, we would be in an, an anarchy, Jacob. It's like, do you not remember the summer of 2020? <laughs> we were pretty close to it, if not in it. Uh, he continues, the, uh, yet this rationale for state power always presumes that the nation's alleged defenders are actually competent at their jobs. Whether or not this is the case certainly remains debatable as the recent military disasters in Afghanistan have made clear that the Pentagon brass pushed for continued war in Afghanistan for 20 years and ultimately lost the entire country to Taliban, the very few people... The very few, um, the very, very people Pentagon generals assured us they would eliminate soon. So this is what I love. People will say, "Well, the NSA, the the uh, the CIA, the 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 TSA, they all keep us safe. They they're so good at their jobs." And it's like, "Well, how do we know that for sure? Compared to what? They're the only game in town. So how do we know they're doing a good job?" There hasn't been. Another 9-11, Joe, so the they fact, have to the be good. The fact that there was a 9-11 proves, proves that they are not good at their job. And there have been other attacks in the United States since then. And most of them are, you know, kind of encouraged by the FBI and the CIA because they watch these people and they try to further their radicalization. Because they, 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 they like to push them just to see how far they'll go so they can entrap them, which is kind of sick and gross. It's a whole Randy Weaver thing. If you know that reference, um, but yeah, and so it's like they 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 it was a big fat failure that nine eleven was. It is their fault that it happened, because they knew and there was the question about you know could they have used um, planes to commit terror attacks? There have been plenty of reports, and they have been plenty of information out there of of groups using airplanes to attack uh, people and and by terror. There was plots in the 90s to fly an airplane to the Eiffel Tower. I mean, this the article, he talks about all this in the article um, uh, in, in pretty great detail. Um, and they were warned about the Al-Qaeda threat, and they were warned about Bin Laden, and they were warned about uh, potential terror attacks that were coming, and they did nothing. The CIA did nothing. He really, you know, hones in on the CIA is responsible for all this. Like, yeah, they did nothing. So whenever people say that, oh, well, you know, Bush kept us safe. Really? How many people died on 9-11, Jacob? Well, like almost like 3,000 or something right. like that. How many people died in Afghanistan? Oh, gosh. Over 6,000 yes, people. Several, several more. So this is, what I never, this is what I never understood about people that will say, you know, Bush had many faults, but he kept us safe. Really? Did he? More people died in Afghanistan, and we most certainly lost that war. More people died there than on than on nine eleven. Is that really an, a good return on the investment? Is that really keeping us safe? People that died for seemingly no reason. That we didn't have to go there. We didn't have to do that. Well, look at Iraq. The the million people that died as a result 
of the U.S. going into Iraq. Is that keeping anybody safe? Now, keep in mind, not all of those were terrorists. Some of those were women and children that had nothing to do with 9-11. Had nothing to do with, uh, were of no threat to the United States. Is that, is that keeping us safe? Are the thousands of soldiers that died there and the thousands that came home uh, physically and mentally disabled forever changed? I heard that um, I was listening to Scott Horton and Danny Scherzen, who Danny was uh, is an uh, Afghanistan vet, and he had heard that uh, the suicide hotlines for the military, um, unfortunately, were the the number of calls were going up as the Afghanistan thing was, uh, exp- you know, unfolding. And it's like, man, what have you done to these people? These people that were willing to give you their life in defense of the country of the country as a whole. And this is how you repay them? This is what you have done to them? It's like, man, you didn't, Bush didn't keep anybody safe. Neither did, neither did Obama, neither did Trump, neither did Biden. So shame on all of you. You all are responsible for this because this all happened. And if you, you know, want to watch the Bin Laden tapes or read what Bin Laden was saying before 9-11, and it wasn't because, it wasn't because of country music and blue jeans, I can tell you that. I don't like that. That Garth Brooks, that's it. Bomb them. <laughs> they heard thunder rolls like, dang it, we're flying planes in the World Trade Center. That's it. Someone get Microsoft Simulator up in this, please. <laughs> and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna commit some terror. <laughs> terror. Terror. Yeah, because that didn't happen. It was there were very no. there were very clear and defined reasons why they attacked the United States. And you know, if you think about it. Bin Laden was playing the long game because he wanted to give uh, the United States another Vietnam like they did with Russia and invading um, uh, Afghanistan. They wanted to bring the Western world to its knees. And you look at how he exited Afghanistan. It's like, man, he kind of got what he wanted because our leaders were too dumb and stupid to, to, I don't know, make better decisions. But I guess that's what you get when you vote for a Bush. That's what you get when you let your heart win. I guess so. Whoa! But that's that. But this isn't. This is in no way um, de- uh, demeaning or uh, lessening the uh, the pain that pe- people still feel over nine eleven, or uh, the tragedy that it was. Um, the 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 all the three buildings that went down in New York. The um, questionable. Um, uh, thing that happened at the Pentagon, whether it was a plane or a bomb, who knows? Um, and then the flight was it ninety three that landed in Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tragedy, tragic. And I really hate. Oh, I, guess, I guess hate is strong. I really dislike um, the way that the media and the politicians will try to take this tragedy and try to wrap it in jingoism and, and wrap it in the flag and the, you know, we're all in this together. It's like, no, we're not all in this together. Well, well, like that's what I said um, on the Friday show is that it doesn't even matter where you fall on the issue, whether, whether you believe the narrative or you um, don't sorry, you believe that it was an inside job or whatever conspiracy that you um, subscribe to. You can still look, you can still look at the day um, and still grieve, and you can still feel feel the pain that people feel because I mean, people did die at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the cause of it can be 
debated. Um, debated and can sometimes be kind of irrelevant to some of the people who have to suffer. Like they don't care that their husband or wife had, um, or who did it. The fact that they're not here um, is a is a greater pain to them than the circumstances who done that, than that. Yeah, than than who did it. So I saw something that Biden had declassified some of the information about the Saudi involvement in the whole ordeal, uh, which is um, which is kind of like, yeah, 20 years later you get the real truth that <laughs> it wasn't Saddam Hussein and it wasn't uh, Iraqis or Afghanistan or people from Afghanistan that were, that were behind it. It was the Saudis who were behind it, and it was people that were, you know, from Egypt that were behind it. It's like, wow, now you finally learned the truth. After we spent... 20 plus years and thousands and or millions of lives later do we find out the truth like yeah we were lied to <laughs> moving on it's like no 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 and that's the part that i i don't know anybody that died on 9-11 so it's hard for me to uh, like all the people like all the people that live in new york who lost uh, you know their, maybe their brother or son was a firefighter or a police officer that went into the tower the three buildings as they were collapsing um, yeah, that, that died. The building fell on top of him. Yeah, I can. I, I don't know what that's like. I, you know, I don't have. I don't know what it's like not to have a dad or a mom because they were saving lives that day. But then to turn that turn that around and say, yeah, we got to go after. We got to go into Iraq now. It's like no, you can't. No, just because you lost somebody. And this sounds harsh. Doesn't mean we get to go start a war and kill a million people who were not responsible for that. It's like if you want to look at who's responsible, the guy that was holding the bullhorn on Ground Zero saying, I hear you. Yeah, he's responsible for all this. Him, his dad, his uh, his 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 uh, his, his old boss. And then in the guy that came before him, Governor Bush. <laughs> yeah, Governor Bush. Um, the other Bush, the, uh, the 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 Carter and Clinton, they were they, they're the ones responsible for this. Not the uh, not some towel head who lives in a mud hut that uh, has relations with his goat is responsible for this. Um, but uh, I had another thing I wanted to say about this. I can't remember what it is now. Oh, I can't remember what it is now. I don't know. Oh, gosh, it was another, it was another good point. I guess, I, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. But anyway, yeah, so I'll link to this article uh, again. Um, but I don't know. I have mixed feelings about 9-11. It's because, it's because so much of what's happened since then – um, the way that the war on terror has been turned inwards now uh, against anybody that anybody that didn't vote for Biden is now an enemy, basically, in the in the yep. whole vaccine thing. That's the part that I hate about it the most is uh, how it's all being turned against us. And it's like, yeah, hmm. again, we all know who's responsible for this. It's Bush's fault. <laughs> but anyway, Governor Bush, Governor Bush. Yeah. But anyway, all right. I think that's it. You got anything else, Jacob? No, good. That no, that's it, man. Just check out all the links and the stuff down in the description of the video. Be sure to hit the follow button on uh, Spotify, and uh, check out. Um, not sure what I'm gonna do Friday. I'd like to do a live stream Friday. I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd if there's be fun. something that um, if there's some things that happen over the weekend or not over the weekend over the week be kind of cool um we'll see how the internet holds up i know last live stream was a was a mess but we're gonna try to make it work this time and hopefully we don't get another copyright strike because that would suck that would not be good it would not be good at all all right folks until friday and then like, then again on monday we'll uh, Listen, uh we'll see you then thanks for listening
Thanks a lot.